are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because he is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with his purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. I believe we'd all agree that we live in a time of cultural and civil unrest where lines are drawn and voices demand to be heard on critical topics involving politics, race, equality, and religious beliefs. Our institutions, our laws, even our own identities are under intense scrutiny. Political correctness has seemingly co-opted with national narratives on many, many issues. But yet, we have an author who believes we can make America good again. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee. We're so delighted to have you. Coffee, conversations of friends of faith to encourage and equip. And again, I'm Kim Crable, your your host, and I'm so glad that you're joining us today. And joining us is author Joe Battaglia. Joe is someone you may recognize his name. He's a broadcaster, an author. He's written several books like The Politically Incorrect Jesus, That's My Dad. He's the president of Renaissance Communication, a media company whose mission is to provide media platforms for gifted communicators of biblical truth. He's executive producer of the nationally syndicated radio program, Keep the Faith. And for over 16 years, he's been involved in the promotion of highly successful movies, like uh, you might have heard of some of these, uh, Miracles from Heaven, War Room, and I Can Only Imagine. And these are just a few things that I can talk say about our friend Joe. But to get back to today's program, I want you to know that he has a, he has a strong belief for all of us today, a belief we are in this crossroads in our cultural, in our current cultural, and he he believes, and we're going to talk about this today, he believes that we need to be good people before we will ever be great people. So it is my honor and my pleasure to invite him to the show today, Joe Battaglia. Good morning, Joe. Hey, friend, how are you doing? Well, Ken, I am doing just fine, and it is always great to talk to you. Well, we're so, I know you're a busy man, and we're so delighted to have you, but I will tell you, this book, Make America Good Again, is something, um, the title just, I remember when I first heard you talking about the title, I thought, wow, that's, that is so amazing, because you explained where that title came from. So can you just introduce your book by mm-hmm. um, telling us, where did you get that title? What, why, why good again? Right. Well, um Obviously, people may be more familiar with the slogan that the president has used about make America great again, but um, this originated prior to that. Um, There's a French historian that came to America in 1830. His name was Alexis de Tocqueville. Um, Maybe some of the listeners in the audience might be familiar with his work, Democracy in America, uh, which Mm -hmm. was written in 1835 in the first volume and then the second volume a few years later. There has been a quote attributed to him that's a wonderful quote, uh, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it's really found in his book uh, because I can't find it after having read it. (laughs) But it's it's an amazing quote. Um, I won't go through the whole thing, but the last phrase or two of that particular quote was – And just as a a preface to that, um, he came here looking for what made America great, right? And so this is what uh, the quote says at the end. 
not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because she is good. And if America mm-hmm. ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. And so that is a brilliant, brilliant uh, mm-hmm. message. Now, he said a lot of other things in his book, so he could have said that at some other point mm-hmm. uh, because it's very similar to other things he said. Uh, one thing he did say was that liberty cannot be established without morality, nor morality without mm-hmm. faith. So we see the, uh, the unique relationship between mm-hmm. personal faith and liberty, and the Founding mm-hmm. Fathers certainly understood that, and the Declaration and the Constitution all embody that understanding and the principles that they brought to the table to forge those two great documents. And so mm-hmm. my desire to write the book in light of all the nuts and crazy things that have been going on <laughs> in our culture. Yes. Um, yeah. So the reality is that greatness is about achievement while goodness is about character. So we have mm-hmm. lost the moral character and the moral mm-hmm. compass in our culture today, and I decided to uh, write about that because I usually write about the things that I find troubling uh, in, mm-hmm. in culture since I do write about faith and culture. So that's how the book and the title originated and what mm-hmm. it's really about. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that. You know, I think that it brings it back to where it's more manage- manageable to us as people is that, you know, when you when you break it down and, and think about making America great, that seems so overwhelming. But when you talk about as individuals making our lives, making we are empowered to make ourselves more Christ-like, which is good, then it, it kind of brings it back to the person in the mirror that says, okay, I can, I need, I can work on me. And if we all get to that, um, that calling on our lives, or what the calling is on our lives, but if we get that desire to make ourselves good again, then that really is what makes America great, according to many things that you said. So I just love that title. I just thought, you know, it's, and it's so appropriate for our time. And, and I love your books, Joe, because you do hit, you delve into, you know, hot topics and things that are important to you. And so um, so I wanted to, our listeners just to be able to dive into this and make it personal in their lives so that we can individually, you know, see how we can improve and make ourselves more Christ-like so that our yeah. world can be better. So you, you talk about in your book um, that you, you write about, our differences can actually make us stronger. So how, how can we encourage this culture that celebrates our differences but still respect those who not, do not agree with us? Because don't you think that's something that we really need to work on is really learning to respect? I mean, it seems like respect is completely not even a word in our vocabulary anymore. Yeah, well, boy, that's a, that's a, a big topic, big, I know. Now, that's a big topic that has to be unpacked carefully. Um, and mm-hmm. so let me start this way uh, okay. at the beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The genius of our nation, as well as our faith, is that we are all different yet one, not that yeah. we're all the same and one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is embodied wonderfully in the national motto, E Pluribus Unum, and Mm-hmm. I would suspect that most people have heard that. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, from the Latin, which means from the many, one, which, mm-hmm. again, reflects the character of our country and what has made our nation great, right, is that we're all different, yet one. We're all, yes. You know, everybody is able, supposedly, to um, overlook the differences and come together because there's something else going on that's bigger than any one individual Mm-hmm. And so um, inherent to that motto is the understanding of the importance of plurality, true plurality mm-hmm. in the eyes of God to the makeup of our country and the absolute necessity of having people who are different from each other speak into each other's lives. So mm-hmm. part of the real problem today is that there is a lack of appreciation of our differences. You know, there are a lot mm-hmm. of reasons 
for that. Number one, you know, the advent of the Internet has created these uh, firewalls of emotional detachment, as I call them. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we separate ourselves from people unlike us, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the real problem uh, because when we separate ourselves and just be around people who look like us, think like us, act like us, we Never, we just reinforce who we are. And if who mm-hmm. we are isn't really that good or that nice, it just mm-hmm. exacerbates the condition, if you will. Yes. And so mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's nothing like um, the struggle with someone in the workplace, you know, in relationships. You know, marriage mm-hmm. is the certainly the quintessential element of two people becoming one. And so Mm -hmm. um, we have to realize that it's it's vitally important that we go through life being with people unlike us because Mm -hmm. that then helps us to see ourselves better. Uh, I think one of the great principles that we see Jesus embodying in Scripture about that would be his encounter with the woman at the well. So mm-hmm. here is this uh, Jewish man walking through Samaria, something mm-hmm. a true Jew tried to avoid at any cost because the right. Samaritans were considered half-breeds, not true Jews, and they mm-hmm. were kind of an unclean. And so he, he did that, and then he did something that no Jewish man would really do, is speak to a Samaritan woman. Mm-hmm. And so he breaks the pattern, if you will, the mold that was politically correct for his time to not do that. So he purposely goes through Samaria and encounters someone he wouldn't ordinarily if mm-hmm. he followed the, um, the principles of the day that he was supposed right. to. And so uh, he encounters this woman and they have this discussion. And the end result is that she goes back to her whole village and says, hey, guess who I met today? The -hmm. principle is this, I believe, that when we go out of our way to be with people unlike us, they will then go out of their way to tell people about us. Mm. And that begins to build a common ground or establish this commonality, you know, between people. Mm. And so Jesus... Mm -hmm also gives us the parable of the Good Samaritan. And so Mm -hmm. that parable, to me, isn't necessarily that the Samaritan man stopped to help the person attacked by robbers and took care of him. To me, Mm -hmm. the first important thing to see is that he was on the road in the first place, intersecting with somebody or having the opportunity mm-hmm. to intersect with someone other than himself and unlike mm-hmm. himself. And so he mm-hmm. does that to someone unlike him. And so <clears throat> the reality of how we um, treat our neighbor as ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Unless we are on the road intersecting with people unlike us or people even like us who need help, we wouldn't have a neighbor to intersect with. So Mm -hmm. being a good neighbor is only as good as your opportunity to actually intersect with a neighbor. (laughs) So when you stay online, for instance, or when you see differences as things to avoid rather than things to celebrate, which is the biblical model, that begins Mm -hmm. this trend toward um, a lack of, understanding, a lack of civility, a lack of understanding other people other than ourselves, the inability to find common ground, and so forth. So Mm -hmm. that's one side of the coin, right? The other side of the coin um, Mm -hmm. is this. Mm -hmm. The current spirit of the age, and I think this is very important that I I don't see many people who see this. Mm -hmm. I've often said 
that the spirit you bring into anything is the same spirit yes. which is consumed at the other end by the person receiving yeah. it, which is why yeah. art and entertainment media are so important. And if you ever have watched something and felt in your spirit aggravated or troubled, it's, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's because the spirit that the creator of whatever you're watching or looking at or listening to, whatever spirit that person brought into that piece of work is somehow mystically, I believe, infused. And then when you consume it, right, you listen to it, you watch it, you see it, it goes into your right. spirit. Right. And that same spirit is then brought into your understanding. So that's why we are admonished in scripture to what? Test the spirits, right? Absolutely. Uh, we have to be careful what goes into our hearts and minds, what we see, what we listen to, what we say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's vitally important that we do that because I learned long ago that my mind is not a repository for someone else's garbage. And mm-hmm. I think too often we allow ourselves to be open and allow garbage to come into our minds and we are troubled, we are things. And so people have to understand that there's a spirit that is out there in the land. Now, that spirit, and I talk about this in one of my previous books in the Politically Incorrect Jesus, is the reality mm-hmm. of what political correctness is about and how it was a stepchild of Marxism and socialism, which originated in Europe, because mm-hmm. there's an us versus them mentality that goes on mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole spirit of the politically correct movement, which, like I said, originated in Europe, and it was formulated by people who felt the oppression of the um, the ruling gentry, right, of, of the lands mm-hmm. in Europe, which I get because, you know, my parents are from Italy. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at Europe and uh, other parts of the world, of course, where people were no better than serfs and slaves sometimes, and there was always something going on. So in Germany, that rose up because that was particularly hard uh, on, on, the, on the people. And that's what brought Marx to talk about his philosophy about the proletariat, meaning the worker fighting the bourgeoisie, the capitalist. So the, the one who owned the goods lorded it over the one who had no goods and people felt poorly. So he thought the working class should rise up, eliminate the capitalist class, and then that would really bring in some sort of better world, which we understand. <laughs> That's not mm-hmm. the issue. It's about the heart of man. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that spirit um, m- with Marxism and then socialism, um, it is a spirit of divisiveness, necessarily. Mm-hmm. It is a spirit of not unity, of disunity. It's a spirit of contention, not mm-hmm. reconciliation. And so, Mm -hmm. which is the gospel, right? The gospel is all about reconciliation, personal responsibility, Mm -hmm. accountability, loving your enemy, um, doing good to those who don't do good to you. So it counters the Marxist thinking. And of course, because the ruling lords of Europe were usually white males, right? Or, Mm -hmm. and, and, Christians, in quote, right? Mm-hmm. Um, necessarily the Christian faith, the Jewish faith, and um, the color became the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the whole struggle of this um, stuff we see going on today uh, because socialism and Marxism has to disagree with Christianity and Judaism because it's totally opposite in mm. a personal God who loves people and expects this personal accountability and so forth. So that necessarily was lumped in with as the bad guy. So mm-hmm. there's a spirit 
that was certainly part of the culture of socialism mm-hmm. and Marxism. Um, so when you see what's happening with Antifa and all these other groups today, you sit back and you say, why are they, why do they hate so much? Why are they so, you know, crude and cussing at people uh, the way they do just awful stuff. Mm-hmm. And, the, and what I say to people is that you cannot act unlike the nature that you bring to the table. So the very mm-hmm. nature of Marxism, socialism, and we've seen that played out in the, you know, throughout the world. I mean, it was those isms and fascism which allowed Hitler to come in and exterminate millions, right? It allowed Stalin to come in mm-hmm. and terminate the lives of 20 million of his people. Same with mm-hmm. Mao in communist China. Um, and so we look at these things and we say, how in the world can people act like that toward others? Well, the reality is when you are an ideologue, the ideologue has only an ideology, meaning this whole basis for why they do something, that the state is more important than the individual and ideas are more important than people. And so this us versus them mentality is, is really from the enemy himself because mm-hmm. it, is, it seeks to divide. It seeks to be a counterfeit. So everything that God creates that is good, the enemy has to create the counterfeit of good because mm-hmm. that's his very nature. So all the things that we see going on around us today uh, with cancel culture and all this other nonsense is all about the Marxist, socialist, politically correct agenda that infiltrated this country in in the 60s predominantly. Uh, Earlier, with the whole socialist thought that came over from um, a school in Germany, the Frankfurt School, which was a training ground for intellectuals to advance uh, socialism and Marxist thought into Western culture, Uh, And it's too long to unpack that for this conversation, but that found fertile ground in the universities, particularly at Columbia here in New York. Um, And it began to bring this this, um, uh, thinking into our educational system. And then in the 60s with the rebellion and the Vietnam War issue and all that, the politically correct movement grew, found fertile ground and established itself. And so we see where we are today. So people have to understand that, um, number one, divisiveness, the unity of our country, its motto, the unity and the reconciliation of faith is necessarily the antithesis of what is going on today because we have the spirit that is out there in this country, which is tearing us apart because its very purpose is to tear people apart. So, Put all that together, uh, and we see what is going on today. Um, you know, you can change the names of institutions, and you can topple statues, and you can burn down anyone else's property, kill, yet these things will never change anything because you cannot do harm and with that same spirit accomplish good simultaneously. That's not how God's universe operates So we really have to find better ways to uh, better our systems, including the social justice within our systems, without throwing out the baby with the bathwater. The current climate Mm -hmm. is throw out the baby as well. The better thing is just to throw out the bathwater, keep the baby, (laughs) and make Mm -hmm. better water. Absolutely. uh, we have to come to all that. So that's a long explanation, but I think it's important for people to understand how all this developed. Absolutely. And, and when you, you talked about the scripture, the spirit so much, and I like for our listeners to understand that scripture and it, it is found in one John, first John four, four, actually first John four, starting in, in verse one, it says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit 
but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that, that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh from God, uh, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Um, this would be the spirit of the Antichrist, which is anything that is against Christ, listeners, as you hear that. And what you've heard is Joe uh, kind of a, almost a dissertation on history of kind of where we are now and how important it really is to test those spirits. And I remember us talking about this before, Joe, and I even, I, and you know, here's the thing. We walk in, you walk into the world and you, you test the spirit, but to me it's like you have to break all this down into, okay, what is my part in this? What is my role? How can I, it can be, it can seem so large. It's like, okay, so mm-hmm. the listeners and I are, but okay, that, that's good. I get that. Okay, now let's talk about, what is my role in this? How can I do this? And believe it or not, half of our show is over, so we have left. A, a, we have a very good, solid foundation of where we are, which I thank you so much for. I didn't even want to interrupt that because it's just so solid, and our listeners need to hear that. And now, what I want to do is, uh, I want to. T- we have to take. I don't want to, but we have to take a thirty-second break. But when we come back, Joe, I want us to break this down. You know, testing the spirits. Number one, I want to talk about for for the average listener out there who hasn't written the books and, and have done the things that you've done, what does that mean? How does someone walk into a situation, begin to uh, discern that spirit? And I love the fact of what you said, what we allow into our minds. And parents, you have to hear that. Whatever you're allowing your kids to watch on TV and Joe, wouldn't you agree, even with us, we have to we have to be careful about how much of this the news we allow to come into our spirits and our lives because then we, we start to maybe um, uh, compromise a little bit. We start to think differently because it is that trash in, because trash mm-hmm. in becomes trash out. So I want to talk about that a little bit. But then I, I noticed in your book um, one of the points you have written is that you believe that knowing our purpose individually, and that's what I want to get to our last half of our show. I want to talk to people as individuals and their purpose. You say that knowing our purpose is the ultimate freedom and we find common good in all authentic community. I want, you know, I feel like that testing the Spirit, coming back to who we are authentically in Christ, making ourselves uh, full of him, more good, um, may be a turning point. So uh, I do believe, just like your um, your paperwork said, that we are at the crossroads. So let's take a 30-second break, and then let's come back and let's make this real personal to the listeners, okay? Mm-hmm. Be back oh, in sure. Be, Perfect. We'll be right back in 30 seconds. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host, and thank you so much for joining us. We love having you, and we love hearing from you. So please, you have all the information there on our website. Please, uh, at Up To Me Radio, please contact us. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know if we can help you or send you any information. We want to have that relationship um, among believers that we can really build upon before we go back to our incredible guest today, Joe Pataglia, who has written many books. His, his last book that we're talking about today is Make America Good Again. But I also tell you I love, he's written several books, but his, the one just before this, Unfriended, Finding True Community in a counterfeit culture. I, we, I've worn the pages out and given so many copies of that away. So at the end of the show, we're going to tell you how you can get your copies. Uh, but before we go back to that, I'd like to just tell you a little bit. I'd like to remind you to join me on Facebook. I would love to have you. 
each morning we do a live, and we it's all about conversation. So join us at www.facebook.com slash roses and rainbows. I'd love to have you a part of that community. As a matter of fact, we'll be better by having you. Also, like for you to check out the website, uh, kimcrable.org, and there you'll be able to see the many networks that God has been uh, favored us with to be able to put um, some of our TV shows on with really our testimonial shows. We bring to you great testimonies of what God is doing in the lives of others so that you can get a practical glance at what God can do in your life. So you can check those out on the website. Also, you can sign up there for our free morning devotional, our free newsletter. So, so join us. We are better together. So I'd uh, love to have you a part of this. So we're going to uh, not waste another minute. We're going to get back to our guest today, Joe Battaglia. Joe, thanks again for joining us. I know you're a busy man. You, you travel a lot, don't you? Well, I uh, I didn't travel a lot for four months, of course, when COVID yeah. hit. But, yes, I, I travel uh, all the time. Um, I'm just trying to keep one step ahead of those who are looking for me. And so – that's funny funny. well and I know that you're also you're you're touring with this Heal Our Land tour you want to talk about that just a minute oh yeah Uh, which is kind of uh, uh, fun and interesting I was contacted by a group uh, predominantly women who uh, were tired of sitting back and seeing their communities overrun uh, with crazy Mm -hmm. educational uh, Mm-hmm. things and, uh, and the lack of civility and all that. So they decided to wrap a bus and do a little tour of about 10 states between now and the election, talking about uh, their hearts for fighting for America because they're looking at the freedoms for their children, their grandchildren, and the things that mm-hmm. are uh, coming against those freedoms. And so mm-hmm. um, God just spoke to several of them and uh, they decided to go do this, and they're speaking around the country. I think they're in the Carolinas this week, uh, and they've asked me because of, you know, they picked up Make America Good Again, and they read it and said, yeah, that's pretty much what we believe. Come join us when you can. Of course, I have a pretty busy day job, and so mm-hmm. I've been able to go out on the road several times with them and be a speaker uh, to talk mm-hmm. about uh, unity, which is an important part of what they mm-hmm. want to talk about um, and how we fight back in in the spirit against the things yes. that are fighting against us, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, it's a fun thing, and it's, you know, uh, womenfightingforamerica.org. Uh, um, it's the mm-hmm. Heal Our Land Tour. If people want to check it out online, that's where they can find out more information. Absolutely. And Christy Hutchinson um uh, Hutcherson, the founder, she's actually going to be on the show with me in a few weeks. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. I I do believe if there's ever been a time in in my lifetime and our lifetime to really take our stand and to truly test the spirit and to come out in a way that is becoming of us as believers. Uh, And I do. And and what, and what, what would that look like, Joe? I'm just going to throw that on you because in our lives, to, hear, to have our voice heard, which I think is so critically important right now. I don't know about you, but I feel like that many of us have sat silently too long because we felt like, well, that's the godly way. That's the right way. Well, you know, Jesus was meek, but he wasn't weak. You know, uh, there's a meekness about the way we're to be becoming. And I believe that that's very strong strength that's under control, that we're able to um, speak and, and show ourselves in a different way. But I'd love for you to share with our audience, you know, what, what, is, what is becoming of a believer and rising up and sharing our voice? And do you think that is uh, important sure. for us right now? Okay. I, I think a couple things. Number one, there are people who are thinking and saying, well, we shouldn't be involved, right, mm-hmm. in the government mm-hmm. or anything involved in that because, you know, we're spiritual and it's, this is not our world. Um, and so forth, and I understand that mentality, I would Mm -hmm. ask them to consider this, though. Jesus was confronted with the same issue Mm -hmm. when they approached him about the tax, right, that was owed to Caesar, thinking that there's an either-or. 
And so, see, people think in duality. It's either or. Mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. why he's always our North Star and our model, is that he elevates us beyond what we normally think as humans. <laughs> he wants mm-hmm. us to, to, to think divinely. <clears throat> That's why his wisdom is amazing when you sit and think of it. And it's also rather simple at times, right? It's not complex. Mm-hmm. You know, the complexity of God's simplicity always amazes me, continues to. And so Jesus looks at these men and says, give to God what is his, give to Caesar what is his. What can you say? So the principle is that we Mm -hmm. live lives horizontally and vertically, simultaneously, concurrently. So the way you give to Caesar is to participate in the things of Caesar. Mm-hmm. where a Christian can salt and light, because if you're not in the culture, interacting right. with the culture, then what is the need to be salt and light? Because mm-hmm. that's for replenishing and, and conserving, right? So mm-hmm. if we weren't supposed to be involved in our culture, in our world, then why would Jesus want us to be salt and light? Exactly. There would be no reason. There would be no reason to. So exactly. being, being involved in what is happening in your, as you are called and led, right? That's an important part, too, as you pray and determine that I may want to run and help preserve the land for my educational system in my community, though I'm going to be on the school board, right? Or mm-hmm. I'm going to be involved mm-hmm. in the city council so that when things come before me, I am able to yeah. say I stand for something that is beyond what you see. That yeah. is the reason why we need to be in the culture, and that is part of Caesar's world. Then we are supposed to be part of the kingdom, the heavenly kingdom. And the reality is that earth merely becomes the temporal training ground for the eternal. So when, when Jesus comes down from heaven, shows us and models for us. That's the Lord's prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Give us this day our daily bread and so forth, right? On earth as it is in heaven, right? That's Mm -hmm. part of the understanding that we are Mm -hmm. to, like I said, model here what goes on in the heavenlies. So so we need to be involved as, as whoever we are in politics and local government and take your pick, a little league, you know, whatever you do. Uh, that's an important thing to understand, that it's never an either or, it's a both simultaneously. I also want to pick up on what you said before because of what you do with uh, coffee and your work is better together. Important yes. part. I think people need to understand something. And I always used to like to use the illustration of the redwood trees, right? You've heard me. Yeah. Say this, and it's in my books. Uh, that I love it. you know, when you take a short drive north of San Francisco, and I suspect a number of people listening may have done that and gone mm-hmm. to the redwood forest, and we're all amazed at those huge trees, up to 300 mm-hmm. feet high they can get. Um, you would think that they have an underground root system to keep them from toppling over during storms, right? Well, yeah. just the yeah. contrary. You know, they have a very shallow root system. And what saves them is that Mm -hmm. the root systems uh, extend out 80 to 100 feet from the tree and become Mm -hmm. so intertwined with all the other trees and the root systems that they connect as a group. So they support each other. Now, that Mm -hmm. is what real community is about. That's why we need to have our roots intertwined with others mm-hmm. so that the reality of we're much like those trees, right? Mm-hmm. The strength mm-hmm. to weather the forces in life that seek to topple mm-hmm. us is only mm-hmm. found in true community. And mm-hmm. that's where you live life in real time, which is what you do with, when you minister uh, to the women in coffee and, and the other times you minister in the context of personal lives, and this goes to your point mm-hmm. of what do we do? How do we make this happen? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we need to live in real time in the mm-hmm. context of each other's real lives, and that gives us stability, meaning, identity, and love. So these are the roots 
that form a very solid system of interdependence among mm-hmm. other members of the community. So mm-hmm. remember, we're not to be dependent. We're not to be independent. The model, the biblical model, is interdependence. So if we live virtually, going back again to my unfriended book, mm-hmm. none of these characteristics are ours to share, right? Mm-hmm. So we cannot mm-hmm. live apart from people and expect to receive the things that we can only get when we are with people. Mm -hmm. So very, very vital. Um, And so what happens if you live apart from people and what happens, and this is another important part that people, you know, can come to grips with in their own lives too. I I always like to say that when you lose your moral compass, you lose your common sense. Right. And yes, I love that. What happens is this. Um, We're looking out on the landscape today. Um, This is an unsettling time. I think you mentioned it at the beginning where our institutions, our laws, our national heroes, our identities, everything's under intense scrutiny. Um, so profound, simple statement of doing to others as you would have them doing to you. We call that what the golden rule. Everybody mm-hmm. knows it, but this uh, long revered maxim of civility has fallen on deaf ears. It seems so yeah. the way we see people, um, on the street, uh, just with vile language, uh, yes. you know, talking to, uh, elderly people and, and, um, and women and children, <clears throat> I mean, it just makes your blood boil. Yes. Uh, and you say, well, what in the world are these people doing? This has nothing to do with any type of justice. It is an injustice. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this is right. the, the disingenuousness we see of mm-hmm. what is going on around us because, you know, you can't hate people into loving you. So you right. have all these people asking for justice while being unjust to those they're talking to, you know, mm-hmm. you, so you talk about love while being unloving, right? And mm-hmm. so all this, again, this hypocritical attitude, this, as I say, disingenuousness to the, um, to the rhetoric. So all this has fallen on deaf ears. So what happens is this. We have taken God's moral law from the public square. God's law gives us an ethical standard beyond our own definitions. So Mm -hmm. we cannot be our own God and set up our own standard. This is the personal Mm -hmm. culpability and responsibility that you talk about, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So we need each of us to understand that we need to live up to the ethical standard that God gives us, but we cannot do it in our own power. That's the whole point. That's the law, which is why Jesus came to help us live that under his power. And so you look at what happens without that standard. God's presence leaves the public square and people begin to look elsewhere for their significance and security. So where do we see something like that in scripture? Well, how about Moses in Exodus Mm -hmm. 32? Moses Mm -hmm. leaves the camp. God leaves with him in a sense. So without a moral compass, that square, that public square among the Israelites, began to fill mm-hmm. up with people dancing around idols of their own creation, fashioned to fit their own lifestyles and cravings, and ultimately mm-hmm. with no moral constraint, chaos ensues. Does that look mm-hmm. familiar? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So ironically, we have now replaced the golden rule for our own golden calves, And that's why we see what we see in the public square. So our Mm -hmm. responsibility as salt and light, once again, is to be in the public square, helping people understand and living out a reflection of who Christ is and understanding that he is our true north and he is the moral compass for us. But once you remove that moral compass, common sense, Absolutely. And that is why we can, yep, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you, well, I was going to say, we, we only have about five minutes left, and I, I feel like there's so much more that we could talk about. But 
that's the great groundwork that you've given to people as just a catalyst of, of deeper thinking and, and helping them to, I, you know, I think it, it's, it's helping people to find hope um, in, in your books. And, again, I want to remind people where to get your books. But I, I want to end on this. Um, you know, Ecclesiastes nine says there's nothing new under the sun. You know, mm-hmm. and, and in your book you talk about there's always been fake news around. There's always been cultural wars around. You know, there have always been things around that we've been able to uh, get through and, and walk through. And I love uh, what you were saying about how we have to participate in the world. You know, I, we, the Bible tells us very clearly in John fifteen nineteen that Jesus, in his words, he says, we're, we are in this world, we're just not of this world. And I feel like I, in, in my ministry, when I'm, ta- when I'm talking so many times, Joe, I feel like there's so many people who are taking in the fake news on a personal level, not not what we're seeing about the world, not about what we're seeing about the culture, but I believe that they're ingesting the fake news of the enemy that says it's too late, you can't do anything about it, you might as well just hush up, that you can't make a difference. And you talk about that we have to know our own purpose to really be able to make a change. And so for the next just two or three minutes, would you speak to our audience about how it's not too late. It is time to rise up, test the spirits, be becoming as a believer, but to take our stand and to be in this world again, wherever we are, making our difference in the way that God has called us to do. I feel like there's such an urgency for us to see all the things that you've just said, but to find ourselves in that and not just sit and take in the fake news of the enemy saying it's too late, just throw up your hands. This is the time, I believe, now is the time for us to rise up and really allow ourselves to be the ambassadors of Christ and, re- and, and, and represent um, who Christ is and what he can do in our lives. But I do think that there's a very fine line in being able to do that and still be becoming of the Lord to represent him sure. in the way he would do it. So would you just take, we have just a couple of minutes on how okay. each person can individually find their place in all this. Okay. I think most important is the fine line that you talked about. We have mm-hmm. to be more about redemption than about judgment. Yes. Yes. And, and so the greatest story in scripture is the illustration, of course, of the woman caught in the act of adultery. And we all yes. know that story. Okay, but here's what I believe happened, and I think this is a principle we can take away. Okay, I think that Jesus revealed to those men in their hearts that they were the woman, and the woman was the one with the stone in her hand. As such, their only response was to drop their stones and walk away. We have to be like Jesus and the woman caught in adultery to the people around us. Number one, your spirit has to be one about redemption, not judgment. Mm. Because judgment is solely in the purview of God. And when we usurp that, God does not like that. (laughs) Okay. So we cannot usurp the role of God in the lives of others. So Mm. um, true community and and true intersection with people uh, will embrace the fallen and then shame the self-righteous into letting go Mm. of stones and others who are cruel Mm. and mean and everything because the Holy Spirit can get through to anybody. We know that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we need to understand that the broken uh, need to know that there's forgiveness rather than accusation. Mm. True community will lead people to the cross not away from it with a hard heart. Mm -hmm. So we need to each individually make sure that we drop our stones and offer redemption to a dying world instead of judgment. Mm -hmm. And I think that will illustrate a lot to people and how they pursue what they do, because it's only and ever only about people. Our job Mm -hmm. is to make better humans, not political allies. Yes. So that's what I would say. And to be like those red Absolutely. Well, thank you. Joe, before we conclude, we have a couple minutes. Will you please just let our audience know how they can reach you, how they can get 
um, copies of your incredible books that you've written? Well, it's simple. You know, like everything else, is hardly a place to go anymore. Um, <laughs> but, so Amazon, yeah, Amazon has them all. You know, just mm-hmm. go to Amazon and put my name in and my books, and and that'll come up, and that's the easy way to go. Or it could be, you know, CBD. Some people like to use them, uh, the yes. Christian book distributors, and so um, mm-hmm. those are the easiest ways, uh, obviously. Um, but if they want to order then they can always just go to my website and find me, uh, joebataglia.com. Pretty simple. Um, they can reach Joe. me that way. Joe, Joe there is nothing yes. simple about your last name. There's nothing simple. <laughs> it's not simple. So, so audience, don't, if you heard that and you're going, what? what? There's nothing simple about that. Let me spell that for you. P-A-T-T-A-G-L-I-A. B-A-T-T-A-G-L-I-A. It's simple to Joe because it's Joe's last name. To the rest of us, we refer to him as Joe B. It took me 10, it took me 10 months to figure out how to actually pronounce your name. So, <laughs> Well, thank hey. you, Tim. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you wow. for helping all of us figure out ways that we can that we can be involved in making America good again. And again, that's by looking in the mirror and asking God to make us good again. And it's not about all that we can do. It's about who we are. And, and I thank you, Joe, for being such a, an example of a godly man and um, having that spirit of goodness about you and how people love and adore you. And I just um, pray blessings on everything that you do. And as you tour this with Heal the Land and, and all the many things that you're involved in, the movie making, and you you definitely are someone who has dedicated his life to the cause of Christ. And it's an honor to know you, and it was a pleasure having you on the show today. So thank you, friend, for joining us, and I hope that we can do it again sometime. Well, well, thank you, Kim. And to your listeners, I always thank people for the privilege of their attention. Mm, absolutely. And to you, my coffee friends, I'd like to thank you once again for joining us. It's a pleasure having you Again, get online, contact us. Let us know what you're thinking. How can we be a part of your lives? Until next time, keep the conversation going. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit KimCrable.com.